So uh, we, we, let's see, I guess we'll just start. Um, it's kind of the best way to do it, but. Let us take ye back to the year 2015. Yes. Mad Max Fury Road was winning most of the Oscars. <laughs> Other notable highlights were Inside Out, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Spotlight, The Revenant, and How Heavy This Hammer. And How Heavy This Hammer. Good intro. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, it was... Uh, I'm Tim. I'm Spencer. <laughs> I'm Spencer. We have audio listeners. <laughs> That's true. We have a very large listening ship that, that follows along intently. That's not true. Um, but yeah, I'm um, Freeman. He's Freeman. And I'm, I'm dressing in dad clothes today, so you have to listen to him every day. <laughs> Let the record show that Freeman is wearing powder blue jeans. That, um, you wear those every day. New Balance shoes. <laughs> You've never not worn exactly a this outfit. Muted color flannel, <laughs> and uh, has shaved all of his facial hair down to a sensible mustache. So. It is sensible. Today. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it might be a little long for for you know sensibility, but well, you know, I'm, I'm still hip. <laughs> Talking about Canadian cool films. New Balance shoes. Cool, um. So how heavy is hammer? How heavy is hammer? I have the Wikipedia plot summary. It's got a little bit of context. It came out, I think, in 2015. Um, Did you miss yes. my intro? It must have gone right from that. <laughs> 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 probably do it again for safety. No, how um, heavy my ink? Nice. Mm. Um, this is like the first Wikipedia page for a movie that I've seen that doesn't have the plot. It just says, like, this is a Canadian film. Well, to be <laughs> fair, this movie doesn't really have a plot. This, this is the story of how heavy this hammer a yeah, middle-aged, borderline detestable human being Agreed. of the male gender um, is a general douchebag to his children and his wife, and he doesn't really realize it. And for the next hour and a half, we just watch him be a, a borderline miserable human being and uh, never realize it. I yeah. didn't like this movie. Well, so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird because it's like. Um, Maybe we should go through initial reactions first. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be pretty, pretty universally you know, similar. I did not enjoy it either. I also didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's been the podcast. We'll see you guys next week. No, um, yeah, it, it's, it, I feel like I should say that your summary wasn't accurate or that it was biased, but. But there, oh, it was horribly biased. I mean, it, it was, was but it was also not entirely inaccurate. Yeah, no, it's um, true. There's, there's not anything that really, as far as I can remember, that, that, like, explains why he's so detestable. He just kind of is, and then he is. This movie's like the promise that Videodrome had for modern society, where it's like, interesting. The, the a-hole 
main character is like the new flesh and he's because he's obsessed with video games he's only happy with he's playing video games or making other people's lives miserable and um yeah i just i found him entirely unengaging and um i didn't want to be near him which is a problem because the movie is mostly if is entirely, entirely shot yeah. in medium to close-ups yep and um so, so it's very personal. I think for me, it's like the combination of other things. Like, I didn't have a problem with the story they were telling. Like, I don't have a problem with not liking the main character. But, like, we'll get into, like, how they shot it, the pacing, some of the acting. Well, the things, the funny thing is that I totally, I liked a lot of the ways that they made it. I just did not like what it was that they were pointing the camera towards. Because there, there wasn't anything there. It, it, it like, I, I don't know. I just... Yeah, and so movies, I feel like I feel like there's more. But. Movies can have like detestable main characters. Some of my favorite movies have like um, generally unlikable main characters. Toy Story but 3. like Toy Story three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I'd argue Toy Story through Toy Story three. Um, you know, rewatch it and you'll see that Woody is really just not a good. <laughs> but uh, the sweet smell success, all that jazz. Um, those are movies about. <coughs> terrible people but you they're like engagingly terrible like you, you the stories that they get their lives mixed up in and they're they're both well all that jazz isn't very grounded but um <laughs> Sweet Sound of Success is a very grounded movie that's all about like just kind of cause and effect and like this leads to this and it, does, it ends miserably but like it's very interesting. Well, I you want to be there the entire time, like seeing what these characters do and stuff. And then this movie, it's I've been trying to think like the difference is that is that his character is despicable because he's so passive. I think he's so like not involved in anything outside of his own computer. So there's there's no thing to like latch onto that is detestable like like anyone from. Jazz or Toy Story like, 3. brief moments of glory to make it frustrating for me. Like, where he'll be kind of a good guy and I'll, like, start to go, alright, and then just won't get better. And, and it wasn't strong and immediately revealed why he was being a good guy to yeah. a selfish end. Yeah. yeah. That's like, oh! No, I don't care about this guy at all. And I think it's also not helped by um, the performances in this movie, <laughs> which are it's pretty rough around the edges. Moderate to like room level bad. There's like yeah. the, the room. The, yeah, the room. If you guys aren't not, aware, not, that's no. I'm talking about room. Brie Larson. <laughs> bad. More like overrated wood. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's like this. The guy has a ambiguous accent that I couldn't really place, which is unfortunate. But like. He's not also the best actor, so whenever he was delivering a line that just kerplunked. In, in um, fairness, I think his his wife or the actress for his wife was the largest. 
Right. I, I thought he was the biggest problem. Really? Yeah, because he's like, literally, whenever he, I just flash the like, oh, Lisa, you're so sexy. <laughs> or like, like, it's so beautiful outside. You know, like, I didn't think. I, I could just say anything Ugh. in that accent and it would just probably be bad. <laughs> like, it, I, it's, it's a shame. He could probably be, a, he might be a great actor, but it's just his accent. It's like, Speaking in his like native tongue. <laughs> I thought, uh, what was his name in the movie? The main. No. And that might be that might be Erwin. I thought the acting was pretty <laughs> solid for him. I yeah, was I, I was never. That was. I think he played the character very well. Yeah, but yeah. I just don't think that was. A, well, I disliked him thoroughly. <laughs> that, I mean, that might be that might be a, like you know credit where credits due. If, if that's sure, hopefully just, er, the actor for Erwin's a good guy and he was just acting to be. I hope so. Both you know. those kids are in trouble. <laughs> um, I think the actor's name is also Erwin. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not saying it's Doc Maron. Just, yeah. just, um, <laughs> just an awful, very tight. Um, so you, you mentioned like shots all need close up, and you liked that about it. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, like, I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> um, I liked it insofar as I could appreciate the choice that they made, and I I I felt what I imagined was what they wanted me to feel. Which was, at least in my mind, a really intense sense of like claustrophobia and like there's a lack of escape and, and there's no, you're just presented one thing and that that's really all you get, because you know it's it's at least I feel like a parallel for Irwin's life where it's you know it's it's a lot of this similarity and it's it's inescapable and it's tiresome and 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 I felt that same way, which is not fun. Yeah, it's also it's interesting because um you know. Bryce's presentation earlier, like he was, this is a part of a presentation for the class that Mantra Pals was created for. <laughs> They're, all the here. They're all here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the audience at home! <laughs> yeah, people in Germany who are listening and people in the other states in America. Germany um, was the first thing I thought of. But, <laughs> but... They overdubbed the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Usually Factors. movies like use... It's just a new podcast. Usually movies use like wide angles to sort of to kind of show like, or they can use white angles to show like isolation and like mm -hmm. possibilities where it's like, he was talking about like in horror movies, they'll use, they'll just like put a camera here so the whole room like, right. anything can come we out We make anywhere. the subject smaller but instead of. This one it was interesting because it was like all the possibilities of everything around the camera. Cause like, yeah. it, since it's so close up, you like literally, it's usually on his stupid face and he's yeah. like, just like uh, Lisa, and then like I just expected like from out of the out of off camera, you just hear like ah, and like his kids gotten run over by a car or something. So it's like that constant like. But we don't even we don't even you get just the release. think something terrible is going to happen, which like, is which right is, outside of camera. It's curious because right off the bat, I'm, I think of like two similar things, at least in my mind, and both of these movies are better than than this. But I I feel like. At least with um, Alien. Um, wow. <laughs> bear with me. Let the record show that Spencer Pearson is comparing how heavy this hammer to Alien. Bear with me. Not all out, but, but just the, the idea of, of building up the tension and then not having the release of showing something at the end of said tension. Mm. Um, at least is, is somewhat similar where so, so your attention would be kind of like just like panned over to like a xenomorph in the corner. Oh, that would be so satisfying. Um, no, no. Imagine if that was the last shot. It's just like him at the computer. It's like oh, no, no, no. 
No, but but I I mean at least for me that's the first thing I think of in terms of like a tense movie. But but it's it's strange that it just it just builds maybe not intentionally, mm. but there's just tension in the way that they shot it that builds that has no payoff. And the other thing that I thought of just because it's something that I want to watch. I don't know if you know about it. Son of Saul. Do you remember that one? I do. Know. It was yeah. only shot in close-ups. Didn't it win best? Foreign film? Yeah, I think so. Um, Winner of Best Foreign Film at the 2015, 2015 Academy Awards. Look at that. Um, it was a movie that came out in 2015, won uh, Best Foreign Film. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, got it. It was, it was Hungarian. Uh, it's about um, uh, concentration camps during World War II, and they also only shot it in close-up. And um, I only bring it up now because I'm curious. From what I've heard, it's also it's dark, like the main characters. Well, his his whole thing. I can't remember what I remember reading about it, so I'm not going to try and articulate too much. But it's great radio. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, how heavy this hammer? Um, But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's another movie shot mostly in close up. Yeah, and I was just kind of drawing a parallel. I don't have a problem with like the form. Like I get the intent. I just it didn't like I don't know if it worked for me. Mm. Like I get all the like intentions of it being claustrophobic and close up, so I can appreciate it. I guess. That's kind of where I'm sitting, where it's like, I guess I can appreciate it, but I don't. I mean, I felt, I, I definitely, specifically with the, with the shoots, shooting, but. Um. Yeah, I think the, I think the craft of it's undeniable. Yeah. Um, what it reminded me of was, you're ready to learn something, folks. Um, in uh, the 1940 to 50, when did Touch of Evil come out, Mark? 42? <laughs> can we, wait, can we, can, can we going forward, like, have you be a part of the podcast, just kind of sitting, like, sure. in the, the corner, fact. and we'll just kind of ask you questions every once in a while to make sure we're, um, that would be great. In the 1940, um, Orson Welles film, Touch of Evil, um, Orson Welles, who wrote and directed it, he was quoted as saying, like, I wanted to make this movie as frustrating for the audience as possible, which, in pure Orson Welles form is like a huge dick move um but I that Touch of Evil is a great movie but I felt like that philosophy was kind of carried over to this movie where it's like we want this to be as uncomfortable and and to that degree it worked but like at the same time like I said Touch of Evil is a great movie it's a very different movie but like this movie um they Touch of Evil does more with like sound and Plot and characters to like frustrate the audience, and this movie did not. Which I, it's, it, yeah, it doesn't. So we have just compared this movie to like three incredible, arguably. <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah. I, I don't want this to be misconstrued. We don't think that this movie is as good as those, but um, yeah, it, it's just curious because it, it it has what might be a good setup for a good movie, but the the, the characters. I don't. I don't think there's any character arc, which might be the point, but but I just it's I don't. Very it's, it very I, yeah, it's very slice. It is very slice. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a life that. And I mean, frankly, I never wanted. To, to that end, I mean, <laughs> another thing I noticed was was the editing, even though the the pace was fairly like bone dry. Yeah, it it never felt like it was sitting in something too long. Like it mm. did move from scene to scene, um, fairly That's efficiently, yeah. which which I which I do and notice because at least for a movie like this it's probably very easy to just get caught in the in the like 
the pit of, of just sitting in a scene longer than you should. It was this movie, and there was one other movie I think we watched this semester, but I can't remember what it was, but like by the end of that, it was like, that movie was like five hours long, and it turns out it's like, oh, wait, <laughs> wait, which one was that? I don't remember. I think it was Going Down the Road Maybe. or something, because it's like two movies with, I don't know what it is with Canada, because they're such, like, oh, recent, mostly, they're recent. like very polite, kind people. And they're like comedy and stuff, but they it was love Winnipeg. stories about absolute worthless human beings. It was, it was, I uh, don't know why. It was my Winnipeg. Oh, my Winnipeg, right, Which, that was it. We didn't, we didn't do a podcast on my Which Winnipeg, is but a less unlikable lead presence, I guess, for my Winnipeg. <laughs> but, I mean, but it is, it's like that, it's that weird where they cover so much and yet at the same time their runtime's very short, but you feel that all of it. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that I think I told you about that I like, wish they would have done to end it would have this might be like too artistic bullshit, but make it like <laughs> it was kind of cyclical in that the first shot and the last shot were the same. But it would have been cool if it was like perfectly so that like this can happen over and over again, and maybe he's left and came back before. Yeah, like that would have been a cool way to. Yeah. I still like the pan over to an alien, but I think that <laughs> that would have been the better. That been, yeah, yeah. Should we talk about the title? Because it's. I yeah um, I don't. I didn't even think about the title. I know. <laughs> I had to name it. It's fine. Yeah. The the funny thing is is that I'm I'm less inclined to say that I don't get what the title means when Mark is sitting in the corner. Um, <laughs> if only because then I would show that uh, I I I am not as informed as I might want it's to like be. Usually we are just unapologetically ruthless to what yeah. we watch. Yeah. But now very honest. The masters. This is you guys being nice. <laughs> yeah. Compared, compared to some previous podcasts, um, we, this is fairly decent form. Yeah. The movies that he's been showing you guys. Yeah. So, um, in fairness, I liked a couple of them. So. <laughs> I liked Arrival. Um, you want to talk about Arrival? <laughs> no. Let's please. We did that enough already. I don't want to. Talk about Arrival more. Um, Thinking about the title now, I'm getting a sort of like the burden of life for his family being like a heavy. Yeah. Family. Are you calling him happy? That's really insensitive. Yeah. No, and I don't. I don't know why this. This is just the first thing I thought of. But it also makes me think of, and I'm not going to get this right. So I'm just going to describe it and hope you guys know. But the Greek myth where the guy, the king, sits under the throne where there's the sword tied above him with the really Yes, I, I don't know why, and I, I'm not sure that there are any parallels, but that's the, the first thing I thought of. Um, I'd want to look into that more now. But I thought of Thor. <laughs> Hammers! Like no one can Hammers! <laughs> sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry, go ahead. Avengers 4, how heavy this hammer is. <laughs> Couldn't like Stanley pick up a hammer in his cameo? Did I make that up? Did I make up a story? In Avengers 2, I made up a new movie. No, no. Oh, wait, no. In no, Avengers Vision 2, Stanley picks up. Oh, yeah. it's Vision. It should have yeah. been Stanley. No, Stanley gets blitzed on Asgard. Asgard. This is also revealing a lot about me, but he gets heavily inebriated on his Guardian. I remember that. Mail, so he cannot pick up that. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So... <laughs> uh, yeah, I so one one thing one thing that did occur to me, um, just as as a question that I guess at this point um, I, I want to pose to everybody, you and, and, and everybody, 
because you guys are part of this too. Our Surprise. listening audience is Surprise. It's a discussion no. podcast. Surprise. Um, <laughs> no, no. So, we, I mean, we've been talking about these movies since, I mean, at least since Monolk when Tim and I started Monolk Antoine. And then we kind of, yeah, that was a while ago. But um, so we've, we've been doing it on it, I mean, pretty much consistently since then. Um, and I'm just realizing now that there are certain. Like, I'm, I'm just curious what the Canadian sensibility is that's kind of, like... <coughs> Unlikable characters. Well, so, because I, I noticed that you mentioned that between my Winnipeg and... and uh, no, I said that between going on the road. I didn't really feel one way or the other about guy men. Okay. <laughs> okay, sorry, I, I guess I misunderstood. But the question is still the same, because I feel like there are certain sensibilities that are similar between a lot of these movies, and I'm just curious if there is, like, a Canadian archetype that anyone has noticed throughout watching any or all of these movies? Raise your hand and we'll come to you. Freeman on the street! <laughs> They're all, like, from the grand scheme, pointless. Like, if you watch <laughs> the average blockbuster, there's a clear She's not part of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, American movies generally have a clear beginning, middle, and end. And at the end, you can look at the characters and be like, oh, they changed, or the kid was born, or they saved the dog, or something happened. And that's not a thing. Mm. But it's boring when things happen. Yeah, can I can I can I disagree with that? I think that's entirely wait, false. Wait, wait, wait. Well, hold on one sec. Could you state your name for the record? Jody. Jody. Okay. Uh, Charlie here disagreeing with that. I think that I mean, uh, how heavy this hammer? Sure, I'll give you that one. Nothing, nothing happened. Um, but like Arrival, that's a Canadian movie. It's made in Hollywood. It's still Canadian. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Something else. Something else. Something else. Um. The, I don't remember the name, but the documentary we watched, uh, not the one about the stories, we stories we tell. That wasn't made up. Like, that wasn't it's story. still a That's movie. War is being waged, <laughs> folks. I, I mean, if you if you're saying the documentaries aren't movies, we're gonna we're gonna all fight right, a lot. Right, but all right, all right. So one, uh, it's, not a, it's not a Canadian written fictional story like everything else. Can, it's the Canadian world. Yeah. All right. State your name for the record. Uh, Shane, in the back of the room. Thanks for walking over. Uh, I also want to disagree with Jody oh because God. the one with Sorry, the end. Jody. I can't recall the title of the movie because I'm dumb. Uh, the one at the where the end of the world. Last night or last night. Podcast now available on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> but he clearly goes through changes throughout the story. He starts out as someone who can't get over the death of his wife and can't move on and wants to be alone. And in the end, he ends up trying to go find someone else, having her over and embracing kissing right before the world ends. So he moves on just as the world ends. Alright, Jody, I feel like this has been a lot of a lot dog behind. <laughs> Do you want to defend defend these attacks? I mean, I was thinking more of like the the hammer one, the, the How heavy these ombres? shivers? Uh, no, no, the one where they had to like drag the dead no. body through this. What? I don't know. He Essentially, all Canadian films are the same movie. <laughs> like, they both got drunk and they had to take the kid's dead body, but they were too drunk and. Yeah, that. Whatever that one was. Also, spoiler alerts for Mon Uncle Antoine. <laughs> yeah, so Mon Uncle Antoine, that one, um, you know, like. None of the characters really changed. The drunk dude got drunk like twice. 
the kid got drunk. That's about it. The whole movie was the kid changing. That was the entire movie. Honestly, Could you please state your name for the record, sir? Mitch. (laughs) Does anybody else have any uh, concise points that they would like to make about... I think Brody has one. I think that... uh, Oh, sorry, Brody. Uh, Right. Brody, but uh, I think that that's an overgeneralization of Canadian film, and I disagree. That's it. Oh, the point. Yeah, why, why is that? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> because, uh, well, Jodi tends to remember movies she doesn't like more than movies she does like. This feels like a personal attack. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, uh, <laughs> uh I, I feel like once, uh, we brought up a lot more movies, they had more change in them than the ones that were, uh, the, Jody brought up, which is just, you know, what I feel. <clears throat> anybody, anybody else? Anybody else? I am Gibby, Esquire. Uh, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to put on record that I think Canadian comedy is much better than Canadian drama across the board. Um, Okay. One thing I will say that that at least I've come on. <laughs> just, you just saved this podcast. Um, one thing. One thing that I think is is true. Did you name for the house? Spencer. I, I feel like I'm being deposed. Um, no. One thing. One thing that I will say, at least that I kind of realized when you guys mentioned One um, Uncle Antoine, is with these movies, um, even though I may not have like them or still do not like them. Whenever we talk about them in class or for the podcast or on the discussion, I feel like there's always more that I'm able to kind of like get from the movie after the fact, where it, it, always, ends up, it always ends up being, there, there's an appreciation for the craft and an appreciation for what, is, what it is that they're trying to do. Because whenever we discuss it, I, I always kind of have a moment of like, oh, yeah. And I don't necessarily like the movie, but I, I can appreciate it to the point where I think one difference between um, at least most American cinema or Hollywood and, and Canadian film is I feel like with uh, Hollywood is, is a lot of it is very face value. A lot of it is very much when you watch a movie, you kind of you know what you get and you can decide immediately whether you like it or not. I think what's interesting about Canadian cinema, at least for me, or at least what I've realized, is that is that you can watch a movie and and you can have kind of an evolving relationship with it, which I think is a lot cooler and more fluid and interesting and interactive, which is something that uh, I wanted to say. Good, good, good. You're learning, Spencer. Woo! I got an A! I will say something. We just peaked. In defense of Canadian cinema, um, Hollywood, I mean, you guys are American. I'm Mark. I'm the teacher here. (laughs) So, you know, it's very hard to compare things to American cinema. Why? Because American cinema is almost weaponized in its ability to and desire to entertain. I mean, it is like the most sophisticated entertainment industry in the history of the world. Uh, so when you compare something to Canadian cinema, it's, and you've, in your entire life you've been watching American movies, Canadian cinema does not attempt to please in the same way. And it does not have the same tricks up its sleeve in order to please you as American cinema does. And I think it's important to, to realize it, think about it when you watch cinema from Canada or from around the world, 
that it's not going to serve you up what you know the pleasures of American movies in the same way that you're used to. And I think that's what you're sort of what you're getting at there, Spencer. Yeah. Uh, that right. you sometimes have to sort of meet it halfway or yeah. sometimes 90% of the way. Yeah. Uh, and you know that is sort of one of the interesting things about experiencing art cinema is that it's not it's not meant to necessarily be likable in a way that we're accustomed to. Because when we watch an American movie, when we watch uh, Deadpool or Logan or, you know, even Arrival, really, because it's sort of American, we... <laughs> I won't mention Arrival. <laughs> we, we watch American movies, they, don't, they do not want it to be hard for you to enjoy them. They want it to be a very effortless, frictionless experience. For better and worse. And at, the, at its best, that's an incredible experience. When you watch, like, a, you know, an amazing American movie even from the golden age or from recently, like part of the joy of it is the fact that they're so good at entertaining you. And Canadian films aren't really interested in that for various reasons that we've discussed. And I think it's important to keep that in mind. And even if you don't necessarily like the film on first glance, I am happy that you are willing to try and understand what it's trying to do. Because I think that's important. Um, I'm gonna speak a little bit to, I wanna, I wanna call you out, Freeman, a bit on the acting point. Um, because yes, the actor is English is not his first language, and in your criticism of him, you made fun of his accent quite a bit. And I'm wondering how much of your criticism is on is his performance, or how much is easy just to laugh at someone with a funny accent. Uh, Mike Boy. <laughs> no. Put it back on my job. No, I'm going back, back and forth. This is bad radio. Um, so here's the thing with. I did not mean that to sound like foreign bashing. It's not. It's just I don't honestly think he's a good actor. His performance, I don't think, is particularly strong. I think he's very wooden, and I don't think that helps his character one way or the other, really. So, yeah. Okay. Because it makes it an unlikable character that I also don't like the actor for. Right. Like, I want to speak to something else. Um, yes, the character in this movie... He's not a likable character. We talked about this. He's a, he's a bit of an asshole, or maybe more than a bit. And you compare to movies like All That Jazz. Uh, now, there's, a, I think, a real trend in American movies of featuring asshole, usually artist-type characters, and somewhat valorizing them. Like, there's this idea, you know, from Ernest Hemingway or even further back, that the artist, the curse of the artist is that the artist is an asshole. But we must suffer that burden, and the people around him must suffer because... The, he's such a genius, and the glorious things that this artist brings into the world are worth the fact that he's a philandering asshole who treats everyone around him like shit. It's Pablo Picasso, it's Ernest Hemingway. And I think what this movie is sort of speak, call, doing is sort of calling out that as a myth. And sometimes, the, you know, it's, I think, more honest to show an asshole as an asshole rather than dressing him up as Bob, you know, uh, as, as Fosse. Fosse. Uh, yeah, and pretending that he's, you know, that, that it's somehow okay because it, it's worth it because of what they bring into the world. Because I think that is a myth that, that requires a bit of debunking. Because I think it is a pretty harmful myth in a lot of ways. Uh, my only counter to that would be uh, that I feel like if it was going to be that kind of debunking, they should then put it in a situation that's at least somewhat similar to that. Because I feel like it's one thing to have like this is an asshole artist that like affects all of the lives around him through his art, for his art and stuff. Um, I think it's a valid point, but I think it's that being compared to an asshole, we never know his job, 
he just likes video games character I feel like that argument is lost in the process also I would just like to say that during your speech and his speech can we have like the like kind of a soft swell of the Canadian national anthem I have about 11 jingles to awesome okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, sort of an inspirational <laughs> stirring like I'm finally <laughs> delivering this knowledge that you guys have been waiting for all your life that kind of yeah we can do that yeah. the Canadian national anthem is great for that yeah, so. it's <laughs> But um, yeah, so um, I don't know if if if, uh, if if it pleases the court, I might I might move pleases the judge. I don't really know. Court is adjourned. Is this, is this the final episode? No, no. I should I should be clear. We have talked about it. We want to keep this podcast going afterwards. We we are working with a couple different titles because we feel like we'd have to change it. We either are going to do for Montre Pals. <laughs> the you guys will always for the rest of your lives still be Montreal. Oh, always, always. Yeah. But but I think I think we, we also we also toyed with uh, toyed bonds with, forged um, in fire and maple syrup. That's the phrase. It's a phrase. I, we need we need to find the right word. And what, um, what will be the uh, topic going forward? Well, so it, I mean, it'll still be something similar where where we watch films. I'm thinking I had the idea today. It would be kind of fun if we do every time we talk about a movie, it's one of the three of us bringing a movie for us to watch sure. that we think the other two haven't seen. Like a book club. Like a book club. Yeah, um, and we, we're either going to do Vermont Pals or Montreux Pals Go America or, or who knows, any, any other type of... Um, what do you guys think? Ver- okay, round of applause for Vermont Pals. Alright, now. Now, round of applause for uh, Montreux Pals Go America. Wow. <laughs> Some people voted twice. Is there a none of the above? Yeah. Round of applause for none of the above. You guys have no aha. Clap meters are. Oh, I think we're going to have a bunch of Um, Yes. Oh. How do we stop it? You just said stop.